Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Um, I've reflected on that little line that I have uh, many times. I don't know how that developed. It was early on in the podcast. I actually am so grateful that I've been doing this podcast for so long because I have had such an incredible year of change. Um, I started this podcast, I think in like March of 2019 <laughs> and my life had already started to crumble and there was more crumbling to come. And, uh, a year ago, almost to the day I moved to my tiny home in the forest. Uh, the first six months I lived here, I lived in a sublet, a subleased tiny home with this amazing landlady. I got to live amongst all of her beautiful things. And she's very, um, spiritual, uh, and really appreciates a lot of different faith backgrounds. So there was just, and she likes tchotchkes, right? Which is totally my aesthetic as well. I enjoyed uh, a great deal. And of course I did have to dust. And my mom, uh, whenever she talks about tchotchkes, she mentions dusting. And um, even though, I don't know, I had to learn how to dust myself as an adult. It, it, there's a lot of things. It's so interesting. My mom taught me so much growing up. Like I really became quite independent at a young age uh, because I mean, I was doing my own laundry at eight years old. I was a latchkey kid. I was definitely taking care of myself by like six, but I was a mature little kid. Right. And I loved reading and reading is a great babysitter for a kid with an active imagination. Um, and anyway, so she taught me so many things, but the other day, um, she mentioned that she learned from my grandmother not to be intimidated by people. And I thought that was so interesting because I have been, I'm only newly in a space in my life where my self-image is confident enough that I don't really get intimidated by people anymore. Um, I think I just, it, it was like exposure therapy over many years to realize like when I was a lawyer, I was doing house closings for a lot of people, including some weird, fun celebrity moments. Um, I did not do the closing for Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen at their penthouse apartments when they were going to NYU for that brief moment. I don't know if either of them finished their degrees. Um, but they started NYU in their freshman year and they bought these penthouses. And so I did closings for a lot of people in their building, including some like semi-famous people, right? So like dumb stuff like that, where you do real estate closings and you meet celebrities and you realize they're literally just like everyone else. They're just human beings. And uh, so that like was the beginning of me learning how to not be intimidated by people. And eventually I got... Um, better at my self-image. I don't know. I just started. And, and there's a, a level of humble excellence that um, I really appreciate. Um, Cheryl Strayed has a good podcast. I think it's on Oprah's Super Soul podcast about humble excellence. Uh, but basically, there's this idea of like, you're the same as everybody else. That's humility. Um, but you're neither better nor worse than anyone else. So you're inherently valuable because also so is everyone else. Um, and there's nothing external from you that you have to seek validation from, right? Like that's a very powerful place to be. Um, and something I've been teaching a lot on and talking a lot about is that uh, perception is your point of greatest power. And perception just means like the worldview that you're using, um, how you're seeing the world around you. That has a lot to do with your attitude, right? Um, and your attitude can be uh, positive or negative. That's something that's within your control, uh, we are predisposed to be negative creatures. Humans have a negativity bias. Um, and so it takes a lot of work to choose to be optimistic and to be positive and to find a possibility 
in every problem, right? Because every problem, I believe in, in my belief system, every problem is coming with a solution or potentially thousands of solutions that are available. Um, and we just kind of have to open up to a different way of thinking in order to access it. Um, and that, again, is based on our perception. If we go into a situation thinking I can't or I won't or I never, that's what's going to happen. Like your thoughts have so much power over the um, experience you have with the world. And a lot of it has to do with how you see it. Um, I had a friend ask me um, if they could uh, pick my brain about tiny living. And I said, of course, I'm always available, by the way, if you're a pal, like I will absolutely um, uh, sit down and chat with you about whatever. But um, I, I have to say, like, I live tiny, but I live with a really important perception on my experience, right? Like, I really, I've had the experience of having a big house before, like moving from a three-bedroom house in LA to then moving to a tiny house here in the deep woods of uh, very North Washington um, on the Olympic Peninsula. If, if you want to posit me in the world, I like you to think of me as Santa Claus, right? So first and foremost, if you want to believe this, I live at the North Pole. Second of all, um, I live at the far north part. Um, I can see Canada on a clear day in Washington. Um, so I have not only incredible forests, but also beautiful um, Strait of San Juan water. Like it's, it's ocean water. Really close to me. Sometimes it even smells like the ocean. It's so amazing. It's seafaring, you know. <laughs> And there are eagles. Like I live in this tremendous, amazing forest place in a very, very small house. And that partially just makes it more accessible because I live in a village of small houses um, and it happens to be very rural. It's been so good for me. And I'm so glad I made this choice. And I feel like this podcast has been this amazing arc of my life. Um, and now that I've hit a year living here, I just want to tell you like from my heart, if you have ever thought about I think I'd love to live outdoors. Or if you've ever lived a life, like when I lived in New York City, I had to leave once a month. Like I had to leave one weekend a month in order to continue to survive living there. Like I have always known that the outdoors is important to me. And I grew up in the suburbs, but with a lot of Girl Scout exposure to the outdoors, actually. I had a lot of um, educational experiences as a young person through school that had outdoor components to it. But then also mostly it was Girl Scouts and going camping and being a camp counselor. I did that for many years. Um, and yeah, and I've gone to like a lot of camping festivals. I love festival camping. I love glamping. I love to be fancy in the woods. And now I live in the woods and I get to be fancy and go be in the woods. It's like an ideal life. Um, I feel so grateful for it. And it was not in my imaginings. <laughs> I've had so many visions for my life, um, but living up here was not one of them. I thought I would actually settle in Atlanta um, uh, where I have many friends. Um, and you know what's great is one of my best friends, Rachel, who's been on this podcast a couple of times, lives there. So I always have a place to stay, aka a gaycation home in Atlanta. So I get to have best of both worlds. Um, but here I am and living this tiny life in um, my friend Deidre said, I, I live a very hip life because it's small. Um, and I think that I'm excited that people see value in um, creating a minimized version of their life so they can focus on what's the most important thing. Because, um, you know, tiny house, uh, lots of room for God, right? It gives you lots of space to focus on the things that, for me, are really important, like getting to walk in the woods every day, like, and just having that be steps from my door is, um, 
an incredible luxury that I don't take for granted at all. I truly, it's, it's the highlight of my day and it really helps me ground and clear. And, um, I pay so much attention to the forest and everything that's changing. And there are just mushrooms upon mushrooms upon mushrooms right now. Hundreds of types of mushrooms are fruiting at this moment. So a mushroom, if you haven't seen the movie, fantastic fungi, I highly recommend it. You can uh, rent it on Amazon. Super worth it. Um, I think everyone comes, mushrooms have so much to teach us. I think mushrooms can teach us how to have a better society. This is truly what I believe. Um, Adrienne Marie Brown talks about it too in her book, um, uh, Emergent Leadership. Um, she bases a lot of that off of mushrooms and how they grow. So mushrooms grow from a mycelium network underground. Mycelium network, um, it's like mushrooms aren't really a plant or an animal, they're kind of both. Um, and it like grows and it connects and it's how the trees talk to each other. They talk to each other through their mushroom internet. Um, and then the mushroom itself, the thing that we see is the fruit and there's only, it's only about 20% of the plant. So just imagine there's like so much more mycelium underneath. Um, and we have so many varieties of mushrooms. Like it's amazing how many permutations and how many different things there's even a mushroom that looks kind of like one of the trees in the forest it has the same like kind of curly bark on the side of it and it's whitish oh it's so amazing um but mushrooms also decay really fast sometimes or they decay slow and each type of mushroom decays at a different rate um and they really teach me a lot about change and how things are ever changing and ever evolving um and they just kind of, it's also like this is a really mushroomy time of year, but there are almost always mushrooms popping up in the forest. This is just a truly abundant time. Um, but it's just, it's been a really interesting year. I've learned so much just from being in tight observation of the forest and how um, the forest is ever changing um, and going through the coronavirus pandemic and how it felt so, I felt so panicky because I didn't know what was going on. But then I also kind of felt chill because I was like, well, more uncertainty. It must be Tuesday. Like last year was full of uncertainty and just being okay no matter what, right? And now more of the same, right? Okay, no matter what. Like this pandemic is going on way longer than we ever thought. Um, right now I'm recording this. It is November 5th, uh, 2020. And we still don't know who won the race for U.S. president. So much hangs in the balance. Um, and... I also just want to say, like, with all these people who are glued to their news, you know who's winning? The freaking ad companies for all the pharmaceuticals that we need uh, to handle our anxiety, our psoriasis, our inflammation, our uh, all of the things that we have, because we're also stress activated. So it's like, well, they're, they're literally causing you and causing stress and then selling you the thing that your body needs in order to relieve the symptoms of that stress. When root cause... Could be. I mean, could. I'm not saying you should give up the news, but for me, I've been sober from the news since September 2016. Um, I just kind of realized it was never making me feel okay, and I didn't need it to feel informed. And I trusted that I have smart enough friends, and I'm enough on Instagram that I could go without. And I still occasionally read an article if it comes across my um, my <coughs> purview, but I basically don't need to watch the news ever, and I'm plenty informed. Uh, so I'm like anticipating that I'll hear about the election results on Instagram, uh, just because that's what I tend to check. But it could come through a group chat, you know, text uh, text chain with people, um, and, and or I could hear my neighbors hollering about it because they love to howl at 8 p.m. sometimes. 
Um, the night that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, there was a howl. It was nice. Um, so I just want to repeat that your perspective and how you choose to see the world is your point of power. Um, I also want to point out that like, I think a lot of people think that, oh, a Biden win is some sort of massive victory. It is a drop in the bucket towards what we need for systemic change, but it's a good drop and it'll make our work less hard. Um, but we all need to work. Like literally, like we are not holding out for a hero to the end of the night. We are our own heroes. So we need to be the hope. We need to figure out what we need to do to fill up our cup so that we're not running on empty because you can't serve from an empty well. So you do a self-care assessment and then you do a dream assessment. You really get into like, what do I want to bring to this world, right? Like what can, what do, what's in my possibilities right now? Like right now I am deeply into picking apples on the land that I live on and um, doing the work of peeling them, chopping them and creating applesauce so that I can give it to my neighbors because it makes people really happy. And um, that is a very sweet thing that I can do that is like some time and some love, right? That's all. Um, I mean, I already have all the jars. Like um, last year I started doing this and then suddenly like people just started giving me tons of jars. So like, it's such a wonderful thing to get to do to just make something um, sweet and brighten someone's day, right? And then of course we do the work of creating systemic change, which is um, getting into our minds. If you haven't read the book, The Body is Not an Apology, I've recommended it in a few episodes and I'll just keep recommending it. If I could write a textbook for how to learn how to love your body and how to understand the systems of power and control that go into changing your perception of your body, or again, your perception is your point of power. So um, all of these systems intersect on your body, racism, classism, sexism, homophobia, um, white supremacy, uh, settler colonialism, it's all in our bodies. Um, and that's the biggest symptom, right? Um, but also like, just think about your perception of what's happening around you or what's going on in the world. Um, you don't have to think of it the way your parents did. I really, I love my mother, but I, she really taught me her worldview and it was limiting for me. We're different people. We're just meant to see the world differently and that's totally okay. Um, I, something I'm kind of excited about having with kids is learning from them and getting to see the world through their eyes um, and just seeing how they build on the things that I teach them that help me get through the world, right? Um, and it's wild to think about this time as like a past tense, but it will be a past tense eventually. Um, maybe you're even listening to this episode in the future uh, and this still applies. Your perception is your point of power. Um, Something that's been fun to learn in this little neighborhood that I live in, since most of the people who live here are retired, um, and I'm so grateful to, to get to work from home. I'm so grateful. This podcast is part of the work I do, um, and it's totally supported by my Patreon. Patreon is a membership support site that um, helps creators like me uh, be supported by folks like you who appreciate the work we put in the world. Um, so I've been able to basically fund my life uh, moving up here. I knew I could move up here and live tiny based on what I earned for my Patreon alone. So just having like a pledge, like a membership type thing, right? Like you pledge uh, starting at $2 a month. Um, you can get access to updates I don't share anywhere else. Um, access to my Zoom aerobics class on Saturday mornings. It's free at any level of Patreon support. Um, and 
I also have an on-demand aerobics membership through my Patreon. So Fat Kid Dance Party is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever felt too fat, been called too much, or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. Um, I am like some hybrid of like Miss Piggy and like the you know, older sister who loves her body that you didn't never understood that you needed. And then like Dolly Parton and Richard Simmons, just like teaching aerobics, right? Like it is a lot of personality and a lot of mindset. Um, and frankly, there's no wrong way to do factory dance party. If you show up, you're doing it right. And um, we have some fun rules that help make it feel um, even easier to be in a new situation with folks. Um, and then I have that as an on-demand class. I, I schlep my equipment out into the forest with me once a week and I film an aerobics class. There's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, a 45 minute, two 55 minute classes and a chair modeled class um, every single week. And I rotate the oldest one out once a week. So basically it's always keeping it fresh. It's live, right? It's Factory Dance Party Live. Cause this is a living entity. Like the class I taught four weeks ago is never gonna be taught again. I'll never have, I'll, I am always getting better, right? I, I'm always like shifting things a little bit. And like, I like to keep things different cause it's what keeps my a very active brain engaged. Um, and every class is like, it's a lot of distinct dancing. Cause I don't, um, I don't like to repeat the same thing the whole time. Um, it's just not how I do. Anyway, that was much longer than I expected it to be about Patreon. But basically, that's how I'm able to do this podcast. Um, and um, that's how I knew I could afford to live here. When my mom was like, you can rent my friend's house for 450 bucks a month. Um, and I was like, okay, great. I make exactly that on my Patreon. I know I can make the rest of the ends meet. Let's do it. Um, and now I'm so grateful to say that like during this Corona time, basically Patreon has become my entire... Um, most of the money I make. And I'm so grateful for the folks who trust me with their self-care and show up and I get to do this amazing aerobics um, and really help make the world safe for people to love themselves. I am very inspired um, to continue doing this work and figuring out how to get a little better every day um, and continuing to learn how to live tiny and make it awesome and share what I know because I've certainly learned a whole lot. Um, but I think more so living amongst older folks, an older population. Um, someone who used to live here asked me, like, how can you, like, go in there knowing that people are just going to start dying? I was like, my friend started dying when I was 27. So, like, that really, that was a moment in my life, like, that I, I'll never go back from. Like, really, everything shifted. And then I got spiritual when I was 30, which really helped me make a lot more sense um, out of 31, really. That's when it started to make more sense. Like, it was a lot of, like, this doesn't make sense. This is really hard. Um, but it helped me process those losses being spiritual. Um, so I feel like I've come into this knowing people will pass. And so far two women have, um, since I've lived here. Uh, and I'm so grateful to both of them, like for interesting interactions I had with each. Um, and one woman, uh, I ended up getting uh some of her stuff so i have this really fun like dancing flamingo in my front yard that susan ramsey i'll just always remember her from that um and you know also seeing people living their lives and taking risks emotional risks late in life and proving out that love has no timeline and you're never too old and you're not too late for love i just saw a 70 year old friend uh, entering into a new love relationship. Just yesterday I learned about it and I'm like, this is incredible. I'm so happy about this. 
And what's fun is I've been studying a lot about communication and relationships um, uh, in the last like year and a half. And um, there's a lot to like having opposite personalities and how we provide polarity to each other. And that's where the attraction comes from in love relationships. And so to like know her and know the new girlfriend, like, because I live in the same neighborhood, right? I'm like, oh, I see the way there's this really good polarity here because you're very different. But it's also just like heartening, right? Like to be having a podcast where like just a few episodes ago, I was pep talking, you're not too old and it's not too late for love, right? And here it's proving out. Like, again, my perception is my reality. Like I see the world that way and it proves itself to me. Like look for the evidence you wish to see and you'll find it. Um, and one last thing I wanted to just mention on this podcast um, is... I am super into the concept of unity lately, like really thinking about what it means to be united. Um, and they've been talking about this a lot. I've been going to Tokativity events and Tokativity is the global uh, feminist community for active cannabis culture. I'm pretty sure that's some close approximation of what that tagline is. But basically it's toke, like you're taking a toke of weed and activity, like it's an activity. Tokativity.com. They're doing really cool online events, including um, some speed networking. House of Jane is what that's called. Um, I just went to an event called Witchy Woman over the weekend. Um, and I'll, I'll be going to their tokativity toking hours. Um, it's just a great way to meet people. Like you do like a chat roulette type of thing and get speed networked with people for five minutes. And like every single woman I've ever met through tokativity has been totally worth five minutes or more, right? Really amazing, cool people. And, um, this weekend I hosted a, a chat room with the glowing goddess getaway at the witchy woman event. Um, and it was super fun and I got to talk to lots of people and I got to meet people from the comfort of my own home. It was such an amazing event. Um, but something that has been really wonderful that I've been hearing from a lot of people in the women in cannabis space, and there's a lot of different women in cannabis organizations, right? But I'm hearing it a lot from people about unity, how unified we need to be, because if we don't unify and connect and like support each other and like um, build each other up, uh, it's just going to be a bunch of like white men in cannabis. Right. And like, you know, and women in cannabis too, like keeping and centering this idea that we just legalized. Here's some good news in this election week. There are more places that we can take the glowing goddess getaway. Um, adventure, right? It's a pop-up weekend, um, anywhere that it's recreationally legal. There's more States. We can go to Jersey now, Jersey shore glowing goddess getaway. That's all I have to say with that Jersey shore glowing goddess getaway. I'm ready. I've got my beach towel. I am like, so I love the shore and I love the glowing goddess getaway and Jersey's legal now. Um, so basically we get to go more places. What an abundance that's coming out of this COVID. We had to cancel the tour this year. Um, but now, we get to take the glowing goddess getaway. And if uh, I probably have not said this in this episode, the glowing goddess getaway is a weekend. I'm a glowing guide uh, frequently at, um, I teach my can size aerobics class um, and just kind of helps set the culture. I tend the dab bar and help guide people through dream visualizations. Um, it's a really potent place where it's all you can smoke, all you can eat uh, glow up weekend for women. Um, very inclusive, inclusive definition of women. Um, and, uh, we just want to bring people in and help them glow up to that best possible version of themselves and then send them back out into their lives, happy and content from a wonderful weekend away. Um, and like kind of seeing some new next level version of, of yourself. Cause 
it's really hard to hit to those next levels if you don't have loving, supportive community, which is what the Glowing Goddess Getaway is. Um, and last year, we went to lots of places. We were in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. We were in Southern California, Northern California, Southern Oregon, um, Colorado, uh, so many places, uh, so Joshua Tree, uh, just really, really beautiful places to connect with each other. And now when we go back on the road, we're going to have more places to connect. Um, but that unity concept has been coming up a lot. And so I'm just, I want to just put it out there for you to be thinking about what does unity mean to you? We're in some really divisive times. And, um, but I do truly believe that people are more alike than they are different. Um, and that when we seek to understand um, and have compassion for the things we don't understand and just like not not get all fussed up in it. We get to be more peaceful. Um, and it, it just helps, you know, and perception and just think about perception and unity and how those kind of like intertwine as a source of power for you and how your nexus of power is available anytime you want to see it. So I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I really love doing these podcasts. I love connecting and I love, um, all of you who tune in and, and, because you're not listening to my podcast if you don't want to change or hear the world in a, in a new, different kind of perspective. So I just have a lot of respect for people who show up for these kinds of deep conversations, Scorpio level conversations. Scorpio season is one of my favorites. Um, it is truly light and dark obsession. Um, like it is like, it is getting to see all the aspects of ourselves and in the exalted form of Scorpio, it's loving all of the aspects of ourselves and letting those big feelings be part of who we are, loving that part of who we are, um, and you know, being willing to connect. There's like a deep Scorpio need for privacy. Um, and for me, I have this very interesting chart where I have a Scorpio moon and Venus. So I really interact with people as a Scorpio with these big feelings, but then my Mercury is in Sagittarius, which is chatty. So. And third house too, if you're, if you're deep into astrology. Um, anyway, Scorpio season. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you know that you are valuable. You're worthy of love exactly as you are. And you are one of a kind. And if you don't do the dream that's on your heart, it's not going to get done. Love you. <laughs>